Alexander Holtz impressed during the prospect challenge. And we're going to talk more about his impressive outing against the Montreal Canadiens. But there were also a few other young guns for New Jersey Devils that impressed. So a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. I need some help, so I'm going to use one of Christy Flannery's from the Hockey Writers articles to help break it all down. A lot to talk about. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to Locked On Devils Podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Well, I pointed at the wrong thing. There we go. There's my graphic. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll understand. So, in the previous episode, I talked about the shocking announcement that P.K. Subban was calling it a career, and I think this pretty much paves the way for P.K. Subban to do uh, media appearances. Uh, I think he's going to stick to his gig with ESPN, Also, NHL Network is probably an option if he hasn't done so already. And overall, I think P.K. Subban is going to have a, you know, a pretty decent career post-hockey playing. So I I, I support P.K. Subban. I was a little stunned to hear the news concerning the fact that he's still in his uh, low 30s, but still uh, could be somewhat effective on on a bottom four defense for maybe a somewhat competitive team. But Ultimately, he decided to stop playing after 13 years and best wishes moving forward. And I also talked about Jonathan Bernier's situation. So uh, Jonathan Bernier, according to Ryan Novosinski, will not be ready to play come preseason or the regular season. However, Julie Robbenheimer did state that maybe he'll be uh, ready to go at around Thanksgiving time. So there's your update on Jonathan Bernier. And um, I'll welcome, welcome him back with open arms. But, you know, I'm not really getting my expectations all that high because I anticipate for Uh, Jonathan Bernier to also hang up the skates. But today's episode, we're going back to the young guns. So obviously the New Jersey Devils recently had their prospects challenge. I talked about Alexander Holtz and his strong uh, showing against the Montreal Canadiens. I said that Alexander Holtz during the course of the prospects challenge and now upcoming preseason games and also training camp and whatever practice New Jersey Devils might have, he needs to show out in every single event because the, the top six for New Jersey Devils are pretty much a lock at this point. So uh, you got Jack Hughes at the center position. And then on the second line, you got Nico Heischer. And then surrounding them, it's going to be Andre Pilat, Jesper Bratt, Yegor Sharangovich. And it seems like Dawson Mercer has uh, locked himself in the top six as well. I would be stunned if he uh, were to start the season on the bomb six. But I anticipate Dawson Mercer to be paired alongside with Jack Hughes and Yegor Sharangovich. So top six is pretty much a lock. But the bottom six, and I talked about it in a series of episodes last week, how it's pretty much up for grabs. So players like Miles Wood, they don't really have a lock either because Miles Wood is coming off of uh, an injury plague year in which he was only able to suit up in a few games. And Dan Rice, one of my colleagues over at Pucks and Pitchforks and also a friend of the show, he anticipates that Miles Wood will be one of those players that are just fighting tooth and nail for the, uh, you know, for, for some job openings in the bottom six. However, I think, um, I, I think that Miles Wood has a solidified position with the New Jersey Devils and, you know, you're going to get players like Fabian Zetterlin. You're going to get players like Nikita Ohotuk, Kevin Ball, and Alexander Holtz fighting for uh, positions, whether it be for forwards or defense, whatever the case might be. There, there's just going to, basically the point I'm trying to make is that there's going to be a lot of young guns who are competing for 
roster spots for New Jersey Devils. And we're going to go back to that. So uh, Christy Flannery, she's a writer for the Hockey Writers covering the New Jersey Devils. Friend of the show has appeared on it multiple times. And she released an article recently talking about some of the takeaways that she saw in these prospects game for the New Jersey Devils in which they took on the Buffalo Sabres. So Chrissy Flannery is a credentialed writer for the New Jersey Devils, so she was able to get a firsthand experience. And we're going to talk about some of her key takeaways, some players to look out for, and I'm going to provide you guys my two-cent opinions on what the status of this respective player might be. And I might repeat myself in some sort of ways because she also mentioned Alexander Holtz. So for any of you uh, who are new to the show, I'll give you guys my overall opinion on what I think about Alexander Holtz and where he stands in terms of being on the roster for New Jersey Devils. So without further ado, let's get into this article courtesy of Christy Flannery. So the first player she talks about is Kevin Ball. So the thing about Kevin Ball is that uh, they got a chance to see him play in all situations as a coaching staff opted to give him a look on the power play and they were happy with his performance, even though he collected three points. Uh, Ball is aware that his offensive contributions may not be his ticket to a regular spot in the NHL. Now, I forget my overall prediction. I I know, look, I do so many episodes that it all just gets clustered together. But uh, when I was looking at Dan Rice's article and his overall opinion as to, like, who can make the roster for New Jersey Devils, uh, Kevin Ball was certainly a factor into, like, you know, maybe players that could just sneak their way in to um, the opening night roster for New Jersey Devils. And, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, key takeaways in that sort of regard. So when looking at that article, once again, Dan Rice broke it up into a few parts. So he said uh, roster battle royale, and he said automatic locks and players that are going to be fighting tooth and nail. So players that could potentially get traded, waived, or sent down, whatever the case might be. So Kevin Ball falls underneath the roster battle royale, as in, um, you know, he might have a chance, but at the same time, he shouldn't be like sleeping too well at night because he's not an automatic lot. So the contenders, he said, going back to that article, were Riley Walsh, Kevin Ball, and Simone Nemetz. And out of those three, it's all coming back to me now, I said that um, Kevin Ball would make the roster over Riley Walsh and Simone Nemetz for this main reason. There's no reason to rush Simone Nemetz. And Riley Walsh, while he was able to uh, get a cup of coffee in the NHL this past season, and even though I'm riding the high horse for uh, Riley Walsh just because I feel as though he definitely has a lot of potential, especially since he was a defensive teammate of Adam Fox, and and Adam Fox was able to learn a lot from Lindy Ruff when he was an assistant coach for a New York Rangers just a few years ago. I I said that I think the best uh, chance of making the roster between Walsh, Ball, and the Mets was Ball because Kevin Ball has the more NHL experience. He was able to be sort of a spark plug for New Jersey Devils. So I think Kevin Ball, while he's aware of his offensive liabilities, or maybe not liabilities, but just not, while Kevin Ball might be aware of his lackadaisical offense, or maybe lackadaisical is not the right adjective, but just more of he still has a lot of work to do on that sort of end, I still think Kevin Ball is not really giving himself enough credit because the thing is, he doesn't need to, you know, have an offensive game. It would help and help him stand out. But if he's able to hold down his fort, if he's able to, you know, continue to do what he was doing during the prospects challenge and impress these coaches, you know, he would still have a legitimate chance of making the roster. Now, he doesn't have his ticket punched to the NHL. He is correct about that. But I think he's not giving himself enough credit. I think Kevin Ball definitely has a lot of potential for New Jersey Devils. And I think his size and just his ability to be a shot suppressor and just keep offensive possessions alive for New Jersey Devils in their own offensive end. 
I think Kevin Ball definitely has a shot of making the NHL. And like I said, going back to Dan Rice's article, if I had to pick between Ball, Walsh, or Nemetz, I'm going to go with Ball just because there's no rush to get Walsh or Nemetz onto the NHL roster at this particular moment. So the next player she talked about was Nikita Ohotuk. Now, here's the thing about Ohotuk, I mean, because he's doing sort of what I want to see Fabian Zetterlin do, which is he's taking no prisoners. So uh, according to the article of Christy Flannery, Ohotuk dropped the gloves and fought John Parker Jones, who is listed at six foot seven and 230 pounds. So he's a big boy. So to make no mistake, Ohotuk, when I say take no prisoners, he doesn't care how big or small you are, he's going to take it. So the Montreal prospect, and I mentioned it in one of my more previous episodes, hit Simone Nemetz. And according to the article, Ohotuk and Nemetz are roommates. And the physical play continued when he suited up for the Boston Bruins, taking a boarding penalty in the second period and game misconduct for continuing to fight in the third against Jackson Edward. Now, I love the effort from Nikita Ohotuk, but fighting is not going to guarantee you a roster spot. So while I do respect the fact that he was just trying to stick up for his friend and, you know, he's just trying to, uh, you know, get his name out there, I have the, all the respect in the world. But I just, look, I, I like a good fight as much as the next guy. I like payback as the, as much as the next person. It's one of the reasons why I, you know, defended Mason Gearston when, uh, he decided to fight the Seattle Kraken. Um, who did he fight? He fought Lawson after Lawson's hit on Jack Hughes that ultimately took Jack Hughes out for a few months. I respected Gearson for doing so, but then he started to overdo it just a little too much. I'm just like, at this point, yes, he's getting his name out there. And yes, he's guaranteeing him a spot on the roster. But at the same time, I just don't want to see that night in and night out. So I respect Nikita Ohotuk. I think he has definitely a bright future. He definitely uh, has some room to develop. And in the five game appearances he played for New Jersey Devils, he was able to rack up two points. So I think he's heading in the right direction. And I'm glad that he was able to stick up for his teammate. But at the same time, just don't overdo it. That's all I got to say for uh, Nikita Ohotuk in, in that sort of uh, regards. Now, before we continue with today's episode, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning. And it comes from our friends at Bet Online. So, BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information and live betting and up-to-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest, easy way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, let's continue to dissect this article courtesy of Christy Flannery. Now, the big one, Alexander Holtz has arrived. And here's what Christy Flannery had to say in the article. There was an understanding that the spotlight would be on Holtz the second he arrived in New Jersey because Remember, Alexander Holtz is going to be fighting tooth and nail for a roster spot for the New Jersey Devils because he went from being the favorite coveted prospect to now basically being like third or fourth because there's so many prospects that have been able to oppress for the New Jersey Devils so far um, it, during this like year or two span. So obviously Dawson Mercer was able to win the, the final roster spot over him. Then you got Luke Hughes. Simone Nemetz was selected second overall, even though not many people are talking about him. I think uh, Simone Nemetz definitely has a lot of upside to his game. So when looking at it from that perspective, Alexander Holtz has kind of fallen out of the 
favorite role, but he didn't take it personally. He was able to still put up good production for the Utica Comets. And, and I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but if Alexander Holtz was not performing well in Utica, then I would be concerned about his overall development. And, you know, rightfully so, people do have their concern about how is he going to develop in the NHL? How is he going to perform? My overall thing is like, look, you know, we didn't give him a chance to succeed. We didn't give him a significant role. And in nine game appearances, he only had two assists. And he had a plus minus of uh, negative five. So, yeah, he, he didn't impress. But at the same time, I don't think it's something to be concerned about because look what happened in Utica. He was given a major role and he was able to make the most out of it. So I think that's what we need to focus on Alexander Holtz and the fact that he was able to show out in the first game against the, the Montreal Canadiens. That was actually very impressive because he took it upon himself to lead the Devils to victory because Ryan Novozinski actually tweeted this out. When you saw Alexander Holtz miss his first three shots, you knew that he was like looking for something. He was playing with a chip on his shoulder. He was like a starving lion on the hunt. He wanted to take what was his. And the fact that he put the work in over the offseason, training with Jesper Brad, training with uh, his brother as well, I think that um, Alexander Holtz is definitely going to be heading in the right direction. So the fact that he was training with the Brat brothers, the fact that he's gotten stronger, he's more bulky, and, and you know, the fact that he's not even slower. He, he actually got faster, and he seems a lot smarter out there. That's going to help him because I will die on the hill saying that Alexander Holtz and Dawson Mercer were pretty much neck and neck when looking at uh, last year's preseason because I was just like, I would have loved to have both make the opening night roster, but if I had to choose one or the other, I would have chosen Dawson Mercer, and I predicted that because Dawson Mercer, and I talked to Bryce Salvador about this when he appeared on the show, I said that it just looked like that Dawson Mercer was making smart hockey moves out there. He was making moves that you can't really teach. So, and and that kind of hurt Alexander Holtz, and there's, no, there, there's nothing to be ashamed in that regards. All Alexander Holtz has to do is just like, you know, play the game from a different angle, and, he's, and he did so. So like training with the Brat brothers, getting himself into better shape, getting faster out there, taking upon himself to take charge and take lead. Even if he didn't score a single point, you still saw the determination from Alexander Holtz. So I love the effort. And I think the coaching staff also appreciates the effort from Alexander Holtz. So uh, Kevin Deneen uh, started him on the top line against the Canadians with Nolan Foote and Chase Stillman. The Swede made an impact by scoring the game-tying goal with under two minutes left in regulation and netting the game winner in overtime and receiving a pass from the Mets. And we'll talk about the Mets momentarily and, and where I stand with his overall development. But like Christy Flannery said, and I, I think Kevin Deneed also realized it as well, just the fact that Alexander Holtz is willing to just go the extra mile for his team and the fact that he took it upon himself to try to lead them to victory, I'm actually really impressed. And I'm very proud of what Alexander Holtz has been able to do so far. And I said during the course of silly season discussions over the summer, I said, I don't want to trade Alexander Holtz. I want him on the roster. He's one of my no-touch prospects. So Luke Hughes, Alexander Holtz, and, um, you know, w before we drafted uh, Simone Nemetz, I said the second overall pick, and also Dawson Mercer. He was on my list of players that I just don't want to see traded in the prospects pool. Now, will it be enough to beat Fabian Zetterlin for the final roster spot? I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens come preseason, which is right around the corner, actually. So we're just about five days away from taking on the Montreal Canadiens once again for preseason. And we're already seeing media day. We're already seeing the veterans report to camp. So excited to see that. Now, the moment of truth for Alexander Holtz is like, yes, he was able to lead 
uh, the, the, the prospects challenge. He was able to stand out. But here's what uh, Alexander Holtz has to focus on. Now, can you translate that to playing with veteran players? And I get preseason is only a small glimpse of what a player is capable of doing because, you know, we've seen people have good preseasons and not good regular seasons. We've seen people have, you know, mediocre preseasons, but they show out during the regular season. It's only, a, it, you know, I try not to read too far into scrimmages. I try not to read too far into exhibition games. And quite honestly, I'm not really a big fan of veteran players playing in preseason just because um, they you run the risk of injury because you have nothing to gain, but you have everything to lose. And it, truth be told, it happened to Miles Wood, which is during preseason he got hurt and he missed like 97% of the season. He only suited up in like a, a few games, and I just said there was no point in playing him. But the point I'm just trying to make is like for Alexander Holtz during preseason, he needs to translate that to playing with other veteran players. So, you know, translate that while playing with uh, – Jack Hughes with Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, the guy you were working out with over the summer and with his uh, brother, Philip Bratt as well. So my thing is like, um, I, I, I think Alexander Holtz is off to a great start, but the job is not finished. You have not guaranteed yourself a roster spot because now the coaching staff, especially Lindy Ruff and Tom Fitzgerald and everybody, they're going to be looking at you even closer. So you set the bar high and you need to continue to march forward because the fact of the matter is this, like, Yes, during the Prospects Challenge, he was able to help the New Jersey Devils, but you're playing against other young prospects. If, so what does that remind me of? That That's just playing in Utica all over. And one of the things I mentioned and the one of the things I said in my overall analysis about Alexander Holtz is that he's able to, to play well against other young guys, and, and that's why he was able to light it up in Utica, but can he translate that to playing with veteran pieces? Now, that's just going to have to be a wait-and-see kind of ordeal, but – that's where I stand with Alexander Holtz, which is great showing, set the bar high, played with a lot of great young guys. But now can you translate that to playing with veteran pieces? So that's my uh, overall stance with Alexander Holtz and uh, where he has uh, been. And I agree with Christy Flannery. Uh, Holtz knows how important it is to start training camp on the right foot and means displaying his skills and development. Each and every opportunity uh, is given to him. So Christy Flannery and I are on the same page once again about his overall development. And I think Kevin Deneen recognized it at first. And now let's just see if Lindy Ruff and friends and staff can also uh, see Alexander Holtz and his overall development. Now, finally, we're going to talk about Simone Nemet. So here's what Christy Flannery had to say. New Jersey's second overall pick made his debut on September 16th against the Canadians. The 18-year-old displayed confidence and poise with puck control quickly impressing both media and fans after the game the comments head coach kevin deneen once again uh said he's a guy that ha that doesn't lack confidence and he's got such poise with the puck on his stick and he defends well i'm really impressed with his stick he's going one way and passing the other there's some uh deception to his game he was a little surprised when uh we told him that he was going to play on the power play but he was a solid game for him so for simone de metz once again, similar to Alexander Holtz, off on the right foot. And Nemetz earned the lone assist on Holtz's game-winning goal in OT. And remember, Nikita Ohotuk had his back when uh, he felt as though Nemetz was done dirty on a hit. So the thing about Simone Nemetz, and my buddy Jersey Joe loves Simone Nemetz and predicted that the New Jersey Devils were going to draft him. Off to a great start, but I think there's zero chance that Simone Nemetz makes the opening night roster for New Jersey Devils because there's no room for him. And there's and similar to Alexander Holtz, do you really want to put Simone Nemetz into a vulnerable, posi 
position where he's not going to perform well. It's going to, you know, shift his confidence the other way because going into training camp, he had high confidence and he was able to show out. But keep him in Utica until you bring up Luke Hughes, until you clear out maybe Damon Severson, Ryan Graves, or somebody else. So that way there's more room for someone like Luke Hughes and also Simone Nemetz to develop their games hand in hand. So Simone Nemetz really did, did impress me, and I'm glad that he was able to have a good uh, showing and a good debut. But similar to Alexander Holtz, how is that going to translate into playing with other veteran pieces? And this is one of the reasons – okay – I have a confusing relationship with preseason. On the one hand, I don't like it when veterans play just because they run the risk of injury. But on the other hand, you know, it's just like you get your young guys a chance, they play with the veterans, and you just get a small sort of preview as to what they can do on the rink when not playing with just like rookies or young guns out there. So when looking at um, when looking at Simone Nemetz, I'm looking forward to see what he does during preseason with uh, other veteran pieces and just see like, how is this game going to develop? How is he going to the? How is he going to translate his game from playing overseas to now playing in the Prospects Challenge now to playing to now? Because a lot of people were, you know, criticizing the New Jersey Devils for passing up on players like Shane Wright or Logan Cooley when Uri Slavkowski went first overall, and a lot of people were scratching their heads. They were like, "Why did you draft Simone Metz?" And I said, "You don't draft the best player available." you draft what you need, unless you're the first overall pick, then you draft the first available player or the, the, the best player, excuse me. So yeah, that, that, that's why we, we are, we're already stacked at the forward position with Jack Hughes, Nico Keisher, Dawson Mercer and others. It was time to get another defenseman to develop alongside with Luke Hughes. So yeah, that's my overall stance. And once again, shout out to Christy Flannery of the hockey writers for releasing this article. And there's my overall opinion. So what did you guys think about the prospects challenge? If you watched it or if you were, uh, following along with it on Twitter, social media, or online, wherever the case might be. Which players stood out for you, and which players do you think are going to make a somewhat of an impact once they're given a chance to play on the New Jersey Devils roster? Curious to hear your guys' thoughts, so leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube, and if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, make sure to follow me on my personal Twitter page, at at 4 and the show's Twitter page, at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.